Okay, yeah, fantastic. So I said that, you know, when we talk about God, um, many, many times it sounds, he sounds distant, right, to people. Um, when you talk about spiritual things, it sounds a bit far from people. Uh, when you talk about um, the dimensions of God and all of that, it sounds a bit distant. But when we, when we begin to see how God operates in our circumstances, in our lives, then he just brings it home. He brings it closer to us. And it makes it makes more sense because it's very relatable at that point. And this topic, uh, this conversation around times and seasons is one of the ways that the, the knowledge of God becomes very practical in our affairs because we can see the results and we can see um, how the tangibility of it, you know, in our lives. All right. Okay, so um, <clears throat> just before proceed, um, especially for those of us on on Zoom, uh, just to you know explain why you're not seeing my face. Um, today has been an interesting day with internet. So where where I could find internet currently, I can't turn on my video. Uh, so just pardon and make do with my voice and the slides. All right. So by way of recap, um, we started off by explaining that. God operates by times and seasons. And we looked at several scriptures, but I'll just read two of them as, as we, we start off today. Um, first scripture is Genesis chapter 8, verse Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. The Bible says that as long as the earth remains, and this is a very important thing because as it says, as long as this earth remains, meaning there is nobody that will escape this principle as long as these people remain on earth or as long as these people are on earth. If they are in heaven, maybe this principle will no, no longer apply. If they were, you know, God forbid, in hell, the principle will no longer apply. But as long as they are on the earth, as long as anybody or anything is on this earth, then this principle will apply. And this is God saying, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And I read this from the um, New Living Translation, all right? And what we just read here is describing times and seasons. It says as long as this earth will remain, there will be planting and there will be harvesting. Meaning it won't always be a planting season. Neither will it, would it always be, be a harvesting season. So as as um, tough as a planting season can be, it will never always be a planting season. As beautiful and as interesting and as joyful as a um, harvest season is, the Bible says it will not always be a harvest season. You might love cold. You know, there are people that just love cold places um, that when they're in a room, you know those people that they turn on the, the AC to the lowest temperature. As much as you love cold, the Bible says it will not always be, it will not always be a cold season. And even if you like heat, right? You love hot places, the Bible says it's not always be hot. Um, as long as the earth remains, seasons will change. And once you come to terms with the reality of this fact, then it becomes you become wiser in your dealings on the earth and the way you appropriate the um, experiences of God for you and the manifestations of his word towards your, your life, all right? So never forget, as long as the earth remains. So this was one of the things we started off with um, um, at the beginning of this study, that as long as the earth remains, there will be seasons, and this is God's design for us, okay? Secondly, scripture we looked at, amongst others, is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, again, the NLC says, for everything, there is a season. For everything, there is a season. Think about this. If you desire any experience in your life, the Bible says for every experience, there will be a season. And even if it's an experience you don't desire, the season for that experience will come. And that's what, when you read um, from verse 2 downwards, you begin to see that it says there's a time to burn, there's a time to die, there's a time to sow, there's a time to reap, there's a time to um, give, there's a time to withhold. Every, every experience has its season. And what that means is, like I said, even if you do not love the experience, it will come because the season for it will always come. Um, I mean, pr practical example is 
practical example, again, I love to use is the rainy season and dry season. All right. Um, you might not like dry season because obviously it's dry. You might love the sound of rain. You might love the humidity of the weather during rainy season and all of that. But the Bible says that it is not subject to your preference. It is subject to a principle that as long as this earth remains, every experience will come in its season. So whether you like it or not, the only thing you can do is to prepare for it. And people that remain relevant, people that you look at their life and it seems like, it seems as though they are evergreen, like everything always working for them. It's not because they don't experience dry seasons, but it's because they have learned to prepare for the dry season so that when the dry season comes, it doesn't have an effect on them. It is as good as, as them having a rainy season. You understand what I'm, what I'm saying? So the Bible says for everything, there is a season. It says a time for every activity under heaven. There is a time for every activity under heaven. And what this means is if you are not experiencing an activity yet, maybe it just means that the season for that activity has not yet come. You know, um, when, we're, <laughs> when we're much younger, and I wish they, we listened to the advice, but when we're much younger, uh, I, I don't know if it happened to you, but for me, I, I just, you know, I, I admired my dad coming back from work, you know, coming back with a suit and tie. He, he used to be a banker and um, he just looked, you know, very nice. And I, I wanted to go out and come back from work too. Uh, but that was not the season of my life yet. Now, I'm, I'm looking back and I, I'm saying to myself, you shouldn't have been in a hurry to grow up, you know, because of course, all this, all the many things that come with adulthood. But it was not the season for, for me to have that experience yet. Now I'm in the season where I'm having the experience. I Whether I want, whether I love to work or not, I have to work else. I mean, you know the rest, okay? So for every activity under heaven, there is a time. So it could just be that that thing you are desiring or that thing you've desired for so long, but that hasn't happened yet, it just means that you should be a bit patient because the season will come. And once the season comes, the activity will naturally um, will naturally filter its way into your own life, into your own experience, all right? So remember that for everything, there is a season and a time for every activity under heaven, okay? Now, we also moved on to say that um, how, do, how do we recognize seasons? And this was um, specifically what we looked at last week. <clears throat> um, how do we recognize the seasons of your life one we said by the spoken word of god so the word that god speaks to you defines your seasons the word of god that the word that god releases to you the 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 proceeding word of god is what um, dictates our seasons in life okay secondly we also saw that one way we can recognize our season is by uh prevalent experiences around us so patterns and trends around us where you can look at some things and some occurrences and you know from that occurrence that a season has just started in your life, okay? You know, um, just, just okay, I'll, I'll, come that, I'll come back to that later. But you know, there's a story in the book of Genesis when, when, um, when Joseph was born, okay? The Bible says that after Joseph was born, it just, now this is me, you know, paraphrasing and describing it, it entered into Jacob's heart that it was time for him to leave Laban's house. Meaning the birth of Jacob, uh, the birth of Joseph signified a new season for Laban. And that's when Laban said, you know what? It's time for me to leave, um, to leave, uh, uh, to leave Laban's house. So there are several activities like that or several experiences that we go through that um, typifies and represents new seasons for us, all right? Now, thirdly, we also said that um, how do you recognize the seasons or, or what are some of the pointers? Number um, the number three thing we said is the, the um, spiritual, we call it spiritual, um, for some people, they call it intuition, but we know better that is spiritual perception in your heart, all right? Where you perceive something in your spirit the holy ghost drops drops something in your heart all right and you you know you perceive it and then you begin to act accordingly um some years i think this was 2014 i don't know if i shared this last week but but 2014 i was in church one day and 
I don't even remember what the pastor was preaching about, but I know that there was something he said, and all of a sudden, I it, it was impressed in my spirit to fast for the next 40 days. And my fasting started the very next day, all right? And now, looking back at it, I am happy. I, I now understood why God wanted me to fast because something happened afterwards that if I did not have that spiritual energy that came from that um, period of fasting, I would have caved in or I would have, you know, I would might not have handled what the events that, that occurred the following um, months. So those kind of spiritual perceptions tell you that you are in a season, um, tell you that you are, you have, um, you have come into a new season or you have come into a new experience in your life. All right. So this was some things we looked at last week. And the reason why I'm going over this again is just because to reiterate the truth and, and also give context to um, our conversations. Because I, I hope and I aim that today we would um, wrap up this conversation. Okay. All right. So I want to read again uh, where I quoted. I just want to read. I want to read. Um, I want to read Genesis chapter 30 just to show you how certain events can represent new seasons in your life. All right. So this was about the birth of Joseph. Genesis chapter 30, verse, <clears throat> verse 25. Or let's 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 start from verse um 20, 22. Let's start from verse 22. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God had taken away my reproach. And she said, she called his name Joseph, and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. Um, if you check the Hebrew, it also means the Lord has added another son. All right? And then look at verse 25. <clears throat> Immediately says, and it came to pass, when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Meaning as soon as J Joseph was born, Laban, sorry, jo Jacob recognized that he had entered a new season. And he said to Laban, you know what? Let me go to my own place and to my own country. So there are certain events that come to your life. You know, it may be even a new job that signifies a new season. It might be a new relationship you you. You just um, started, or uh, it might be a connection with someone that signifies a new season. So we need to sustain that spiritual discernment <clears throat> to know what events are signifying seasons in our lives. All right. Now, what I want to do today is, what I want to do today is to, just from a holistic point, highlight some things that are important for us to note when we are dealing with seasons in our lives, all right? Um, just highlight some of the things that are important for us to note well as we deal with seasons in, in our lives, all right? But before I continue, again, just to confirm, uh, because I'm not sure how great internet is today. So please let me know if you can hear me. I greatly appreciate that. Let me know that we are together and you can hear me. You've heard me so far. Uh, please just drop a comment in the chat, uh, whatever platform you're joining us from so that I am, I am setting we are together before I proceed. Looking out for responses, everyone. All right. What are um, some of the things to note as we enter a new as we you know as we enter new seasons in our lives as we um move with god in the current seasons what are some of the things that we should note um okay thank you you can hear me you can hear me thank you very much awesome all right good evening everyone okay thank you, you can hear me okay so so what are some of the things we should note um and I, and this are I, I believe this is you know just wisdom for us to Wisdom to guide us in, in the various, you know, seasons of our lives that we, we, we may currently be in or the ones that are yet to come. What are some of the important things that I believe we should note in these seasons? Number one is that, you know, the Bible says in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, 
He says he makes all things beautiful in its time. And that's the first thing I want to, to emphasize, that the beauty of every experience is in the season of the experience. The beauty of every experience is in the season of the experience. If you want to enjoy what God has for you, then it is it is best to enjoy it in the season that God has prepared it for. All right? And this is why, you know, when you look at people, when, when you know, I, I heard someone say something. This was, yes, was it today or yesterday? Or I read it somewhere. I, I came across it anyway. And person said something I 100% agree with. He said, the things that last are the things that you grow into. And I, I, I just want to use money, for instance, as, as an example, because everyone can relate to that. That when you see somebody who has grown into a certain level of wealth, for instance, you see that they, they, it, is, it looks beautiful on the person. As compared to someone who, you know, the person has not grown into it. Maybe the person got their money illicitly, you know, um, or got their money through fraudulent means. You can tell that this person just got this money by crook and hook, but this person has not grown into it. All right. And there are so many ways you can tell that. And what I'm saying is that the beauty of every experience, whether it's an increase or an enlargement or whatever experience it is, the beauty of that experience lies in the season of the experience. So if someone hasn't come into the season for a particular thing and they try to get that thing outside of the season, it is almost like a, you know, I've ever seen a child trying to, a 10 year old boy trying to drive a car. You look at the boy, he looks so small and tiny inside the car, and you know that this person, this boy has not grown up to be able to drive a car yet because it's obvious there's a mismatch. And that is also how it is when, um, with times and with seasons, that it is possible for people to go against a season and try to get a thing or try to enter into an, ex an experience, but you it will not be beautiful. And the way God has designed life is, Everything is beautiful in the season of that thing. And that's what Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says, that he makes all things beautiful in its time. And just to encourage someone here that may be desiring an experience or believing God for an experience that hasn't come yet, um, I just encourage you to be patient because once the season comes, the experience will be beautiful. You experience the beauty and the joy of that, um, of that particular thing that you are, you're trusting God for. All right. So everything is beautiful in its season. The beauty of everything is, is in its season. So I'll say to you, be patient and let that season come. And also, let me say this as well, that and, and this may, you know, this may be uncomfortable for, for people, some people. But I'll just have to say it because it's also the truth that if you wait for a season to pass and you don't before you do a thing, the beauty of that thing, you will not find it again. It will, you may still have it, you may still do it, but the, the beauty that comes with that thing would have passed with the season that passed. Do you get what I'm saying? So let me say, for instance, there's a, there's a, well, the example I want to give is a bit sensitive. Um, okay, good. Let, let, me, let me give an example, right? So for instance, let's assume there's a young, a young chap and who is of the age to go to school but the boy the, the boy says oh no i want to just make money let's say he's a teenager and he's eager to make money and the, the mother is saying go to school go to school and the child is saying no no i'm not going i want to make money now it's possible for him to go out and make money and there's nothing wrong with that but if after let's say he was 16 17 18 years didn't go to school and now by the time he's 32 he decides to go to to university and start 100 level at that age now it is not impossible for him to do that neither will he stop necessarily stop him from learning but the beauty of schooling would have it would have eroded him because the season for that has passed in his life do you get what i'm saying so the beauty of every experience is in its it's in the season Okay, and this is also cause is also a caution for us that once you recognize a season is upon you, don't let it go because the the beauty and the favor and everything that comes with it, you know, would um you most likely would most likely sleep your sleep you if you let the season to um to 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 waste. All right. So number two thing I want to say here is 
and very closely related to what I just said, is that seasons come with their attendant grace. What I mean is every season of your life carries a particular grace that comes with that season. So if you are in a season that requires you to be in the closet, for instance, that's to be, be hidden, that people do not know you, you are just in the secret place, you are hidden. That season has a grace that comes with it. And that grace will make it easy for you or make it possible for you to be hidden and yet be comfortable. If you move into another season where you are supposed to be out there, you are supposed to be vis visible and, and you know, supposed to be known, if you enter into that season, there will be an attendant grace that would sustain you in, in that publicity, all right? And if you try to be public when you should be hidden, the grace that keeps people in the public, you will not have it. And what will happen is that the attacks that come because you are in the public, once they come to you, you would lose heart and you faint. You become discouraged when somebody tweets something about you and says, oh, look at the way your head is. You, find you don't even know how to dress. All of a sudden, you just get to your heart. When somebody comes and says, um, maybe counters or argues with you, you begin to you begin to shrink because the grace to, to sustain you in the, in the um, limelight hasn't come to you because that's not the season for it. You know, the Bible says to, says about, um, about um, John the Baptist that he was in the wilderness until the time of his showing forth to Israel. So it was not as though God was punishing him when he was in the wilderness. It was that it was a season for him to be in the wilderness. And you know, when you look at the, the food he ate in the wilderness, locust and honey, the clothes he wore, how would he even stay in the wilderness for that long? The answer to that is that there was a grace that sustained him in the wilderness because it was a season for him to be in the wilderness. And same thing too with Jesus from age, I mean, when, when he, after his birth, the next thing we hear is when he was 12 years old, from 12 years old, the next thing we hear about him is when he was 30 years old. How did he stay hidden for that period? Nobody knew him to be the Messiah. I mean, maybe except his parents, but nobody who identified him as a miracle worker. How did he maintain himself in that, in those years? Is because there was a grace that was attendant for him in that season of his life. And I'm saying to you that every season that God allows you to come into carries a grace for it even if the season is a wilderness season there is a grace to sustain you in the wilderness season you know such that you come out of that season on hot you come out of that season intact you come out of that season sustained right and you come out come out of that season with the wisdom that the season ought to um teach you so every season comes with its attendant grace never forget this and this is so powerful because you know, you know, I, I keep on telling, again, let me use my myself as an example. When I was, when I perceived in my heart that it was time to get married, or the time for marriage was, was coming, one of the things I noticed was just a strange grace. Because even looking at, looking back now at some of the, the confidence and the courage, you know, I look back and said, wow, if I had delayed, I, I most likely would have lost that confidence or that um, um, that courage. Sorry, I most likely would have lost, I beg your pardon. I most likely would have lost that confidence or courage um, to take the step. Because in that season, the, the boldness came, the desire came, the strength came, and guess what? The favor from people also came. And I'm saying to you that if you are in a season, if you know that God brings you to a season, take the action, all right? Take the action, take the step, because the grace for that season will come. Maybe you are in a season where you you feel you sense that God wants you to start a business. All right, I'm telling you that start start that business in the season where it is for you to start, because there is a grace that comes. And when we talk about grace, we are talking about supernatural enablement from God. All right, enablement that comes through favor, enablement that comes through inner strength, enablement that comes through wisdom, enablement that comes through relationships. All of these things align because you are in the season for it. So if it's a season for you to start a business, go ahead and start because the grace to start a business is present for you. And if you don't take an action in that season, then you lose out of the grace that the season carries with it.
Please never forget this. Every season comes with grace. In fact, even in the seasons where you are laboring and laboring and there's no vis visible results, imagine someone who started a business and maybe they're in their third year and there's no, you know, there's no, there's no global result as it were. That season of laboring on the business carries, comes with a grace to endure Be because else they, they, would, they would lose heart, you know, they'll they faint, they'll give up if there is no grace to sustain them in that season. So every season, like I said, carries a grace with it, a, a strange grace with it. You hear of men of God who at the beginning, early stage of their ministry, ministries, they, you know, embarked on long fastings and long givings and several, you know, intense spiritual activities. I am wondering how did they do this? Is because it was in the season and the grace came with that season. So I don't know what season you are in now, you might be enjoying a certain grace or a certain grace might be available. And I'm saying to you that don't let that season go to waste. Maximize the grace. Put it to work. All right. Put it to work in your life um, because you're in that season. Also, in the same vein, I said here that possibilities are captured within seasons. Possibilities <clears throat> are captured within seasons. What this means is that it is easy or it is possible rather to give birth when there's a season of pregnancy. It is possible for rain to fall when the when uh, when it were in rainy seasons. It is easy for rain to fall when it's in rainy season. All right. Um, um, there are places, there are places you go to that certain crops will not grow because the environment does not support it. In the same way, there are seasons you come into that certain actions are difficult because the season does not support it. Do you understand? So every season carries possibilities in it. And as God leads us through the various seasons of our lives, one of the things we must make out, um, make out time to do from spiritual wisdom is to identify the possibilities that are in those seasons. You might enter a season in your life where you just notice it is possible and easy for you to maybe start a business or to travel or to, to just, you know, do different things. Those possibilities are typically captured within the seasons that you are in. All right. But once the season goes, then it becomes, it becomes difficult for that thing to happen. Maybe it might not be impossible for it to happen, but it will require an enormous amount of effort and resources to make it happen. So what, what we ought to do as believers is to, by God's um, spirit, discern what season we're in and recognize the possibilities that come in that season. And, and I'll come to this example again um, as we proceed. But one example that comes to my mind right now is um, the children of Israel in the wilderness. Because they were in the, in the wilderness and their journey for 40 years, that whole 40 years represented a season. And in that season, getting manna from heaven was a possibility. They didn't need to walk. They just needed to wake up every morning and manna came. That possibility was captured in that season. Um, they didn't need to go and and look at catch birds or anything. God brought quails, you know, um, birds from, from the direction of the sea to meet them in the wilderness and they had meat to eat. They didn't need to dig wells. God just, you know, Moses needed to just speak to the rock and, and water came out of the rock. All these possibilities were captured within the seasons. But as soon as they entered the promised land, you find out that those possibilities ceased. Is it that God became less powerful? No. But the season carried the, that possibility. And once the season left, the possibilities changed. Do you understand? So when they came to the land of Canaan, God was not raining manna again to them because the possibilities for manna had passed with the season that had just passed. A different possibility now came. And the possibility was that they will plant and they'll reap a thousandfold. All right? A hundredfold. So possibilities are captured within seasons. And I said here that delay robs you of the grace that a season carries. I, again, let me read that. Delay robs you of the grace that a season carries. Um, just like I said, and I'll have to move on quickly. But just like I said, every season comes with grace. And if a season comes and you don't act upon it, what will happen is that you will not partake of the grace that the season came with. 
you would miss out on that grace. And once the season goes, like I've said, it will become very difficult for you to do what you could have easily done in that season. All right? So, and that's the danger of delay. I have, I have a scripture here I wanted to read for us just to show us the power of, um, just to show us the power of, you know, seasons. John chapter 7, verse 30. Um, give me a minute. Let me just point to this. John chapter 7, the gospel of John. <clears throat> chapter 7 and verse 30. Okay, now the Bible says that this is concerning Jesus Christ, that they sought to, they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour <clears throat> had not come. So the, the Pharisees desired to capture Jesus and, you know, Jesus Christ had already really made them angry and spoiled business for them. And they decided to just lay hands on him, arrest him and all of that. But the Bible says that nobody laid hand on him because the, his hour had not come. His time had not come. The season for that had not come. Eventually, they were going to arrest Jesus, like we, we all know, and crucify him. But because it was not the season yet, nobody had the, 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 the liberty you know, to, um, to arrest him. That possibility of arresting Jesus was captured in a season. And because that season had not come, they could not carry it out. So again, I'm stressing that Seasons come with um, possibilities and also seasons come with graces. And it is spiritual wisdom to identify the grace and the possibilities that every season carry, carries, all right? Okay, um, let's move on. So the next thing to note importantly is that um, seasons don't last forever. I'm sure this goes without saying, but it is worth mentioning that seasons do not last forever. And let me read a scripture to, to us. Psalm 30 verse 5. Uh, most of us already know this scripture and probably have quoted, quoted it several times. But it's a powerful one to read. Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Then he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And that's my emphasis. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So somebody may be going through a season of darkness, a season that is, is described as a night season, a season <clears throat> where you are knocking on doors and the doors don't seem to be opening. You are... You are trying different things and it seems like nothing is working. You are making attempts, but there is no visible result or at least there's no desired result. That is a night season. And the Bible says that weeping may endure, but weeping only endures for a night. And guess what? The night is not forever. That the, and it says next that joy comes in the morning. So if you are going through a season that is described as a night season, or you maybe know somebody that is going through a, a night season, there is an encouragement for them that seasons don't last forever. That what they are going through will not last forever. And it is it may be difficult to accept if you are the one in the midst of that, of that experience, especially if the experience has lasted for a while, chronologically has lasted for a long time. It might be difficult to understand and accept that it wouldn't last forever, but the Bible says weeping may endure, but it only endures for a night, as long as it is night. But once morning comes, then joy comes, and night is not forever. The Bible says in Genesis that there was evening and there was morning, and it was the first day. And it's a powerful prophetic <clears throat> pattern that it says there was evening and there was morning, and say there was the first day, there was the second day like that. Meaning that it, your day is not complete until the morning comes. That it may start from night, right? But it is not going, that's not the end of the day. A morning is always coming. And let me just say this again to encourage somebody. Whatever night season you are going through, remember your day will not, it will not be counted as day until the morning comes. So if morning has not come, hold on. If morning has not come, don't give up yet. If morning has not come, don't conclude on the day because there will be evening and there'll be morning and then it will be counted as a day, all right? So seasons don't last forever. Now, having said this, 
it also applies on the on a flip side that somebody may be going through a season of abundance right but that season will not last forever and and, and i'm not saying this to say we will go through or god wants us to be in lack or anything like that no i'm saying and you know when we started at the beginning today i mentioned that when you look at people who it seems like they are always buoyant they are always you know floating they are always they always have there it seems like there is no trouble everything seems like it's green around them it is not because they don't go through dry seasons but it is because they have learned the wisdom to handle dry seasons so that when dry seasons come you don't even know that it's a dry season for them okay and what i'm saying is again back to um the, uh, the story of joseph and how he interpreted pharaoh's dream that there were seven years of abundance and seven years of famine and i'm saying that the years of abundance will not always be there it is wisdom for you to know how to handle the years of abundance so that when the years of scarcity comes you will not feel it okay and this is why again as believers we must be spiritually intelligent that you might be in a season where there's just so much maybe so much favor around you or so many people around you or um, there's just so much money around you or there's just abundance of anything around you that that abundance of everything around you may not always be there it is wisdom to know how to handle the abundance so that when the seasons of scarcity comes you will not lack and there's a powerful lesson to learn from the trees that in a, in a, in um in in what we call rainy season right the trees typically grow a lot of leaves and there are so many leaves and fruits and all of that but once the dry season comes the tree begins to shed off its leaves and it's not shedding off its leaf, leaves because it's, it's, it doesn't love leaves, but it's shedding off its leaves because the leaves provide a, a lot of avenue for, um, for moisture to leave, it, leave the tree. And so the tree is cutting down those avenues so that it can retain moisture since moisture is scarce. Okay. And there's wisdom in that, that when you come into a, a season that is dry, your actions have to change your your the way you approach things would have to change and again every season will require a different uh, a different approach every season require a different way to handle it or to approach it so what you are doing in the previous season of your life of your life you would have to change it you can't keep on doing the same thing in this season because the season has changed and what you are doing or what you are doing currently once you enter a new season, you may have to change it. And, and hilariously, right, um, or humorously, the example that is coming to my mind is um, is just marriage. Think about marriage, right? Um, there are things I could do as a single man that I can't do them now that I'm married. Not because they are, they are bad things, but just because I'm in a different season. A new context has come, has come rather. So my actions will have to be different. And the reason why people may struggle and seem to hit a brick wall is because they they want to retain the same action they did in the previous season in this new season, and it doesn't work that way. And then there's conflict, and then they begin to, you know, um, they begin to begin to experience friction. All right. Okay. So in the same way, I said here that people who cling to the manifestations of God in a season will miss out of what God has in the next season. And this is where it becomes very tricky that, you know, at a, <coughs> excuse me, at a, at a previous season of your life, you experienced God in a particular way and you enjoyed experiencing God in that particular way. But then God has brought into a new season and you are, you are trying to hold on to his manifestations in that former season not knowing that the season has changed and so also so therefore the manifestation will change as well and people that try to cling on to the manifestations of god uh, you know clinging on to to the acts of god in the previous seasons will miss out of his acts in this current season and you know the bible says that moses knew the ways of god but the the, the Israelites knew the acts of God. So the Israelites, and that, that was the problem they had. <clears throat> the Israelites understood only the acts. So they were clinging on to the acts and they just maybe wanted the same thing. Um, but Moses understood the ways. And, and let me explain, you know, what this means. 
while the Israelites were in the land of Egypt, they were used to being catered for by the Egyptians. The Egyptians, you know, provided their foods while, while, while they were slaves and they were used to eating garlic and ginger and all the vegetables and all of that. But a season came when they were in the wilderness and in their mind, they could not see how God would provide for them in the wilderness. All they knew was that God provided for them through the hands of the Egyptians. And so when the wilderness season came, they kept on grumbling and kept on desiring to go back into the wilderness. But Moses understood the ways of God, that God can use a particular method in a season and change the method in another season, but you will still get the same result, which is his provision. And even when the Israelites moved into the land of Canaan, God changed this, the method again. And the problem would always be people trying to hold on to a particular method that God used in a particular season of their lives, right? Um, because they are clinging on to the acts of, that, or acts of God in that season, not knowing that God will have a, a different method in a different season, but the result will still be the same. So people who cling to the manifestations of God in a season will miss out of what God has for them in the next season. And this should be, you know, um, a, a caution for us um, so that we don't hold on to, to what God used. Again, for instance, let's say in a season of your life, God used a particular person to maybe open doors for you or provide for you or shelter you or whatever it is. But then you are, you are moving into a new season. It will not be wise of you to expect God to use the same person. Now, it is possible for him to do so, but unless he reveals it to be so, don't even expect because God can change um, the method he is using to provide for you. All right. And um, we need to sustain the flexibility of our hearts to accept whatever method he is using to provide for us. Okay. I want to end on one last note still um, closely related to what we, what I just said. I'm going to end here and then we'll take questions and hear contributions from us. You know, people who, still on, the, on this same note, right? People who hold tight to the methods that God used in the previous season end up making an idol out of the methods. Let me say that again. People who hold on to the methods God used in a previous season, end up creating an idol out of the methods. So let's say, for instance, um, in a particular season of your life, maybe you were, you were let's say it was somebody, let me, let's assume a, a family friend or a relation or maybe a colleague that God used to, um, God used to give you direction or God used to give you counsel. And that person was God's instrument in that season, <clears throat> all right? Maybe it was no financial provision. That person was God's instrument in that season. But now you've come into a new season and God is trying to use a different person or a different method to help you, but you are holding on to that same person. What will happen is that you stop following the leading of God and end up creating an idol out of that person such that you stop hearing from God and you begin to follow this person or worship this person and whatever they say. Now, the, the, the person may not even know this is what is going on in your life, but you yourself, you, you can tell because you are no longer in sync with the operations of God for your season. You are still holding on to that person and, and to, that, to, that, to that person or, or that thing or that method. And this is a possibility that we have to be careful with. Let me read a scripture to show us a practical example. Um, if you read 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, after this, um, this is my last uh, point for us, and I would love to hear from every one of us, you know, our own experiences. Okay. <clears throat> 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. Now, before I read this, right, let me say, let me give us, you know, back, back story. Um, a time came where in the wilderness, the Israelites were, um, the Israelites, Israelites, sorry, disobeyed God and, you know, they murmured and all of that. And God, God released snakes to bite them in the wilderness and several thousands of people died. 
you know, Moses went over to God and says, God, you know, have mercy, forgive them and all of that. And God in his, in his kindness, you know, answered Moses. And the instruction he gave to Moses was, go and create a bronzing serpent and mount, him, mount it up. Anybody that is beaten by the snakes should look up to that serpent and they will be healed. Okay? Now, that was God's instruction and that was God's method for healing them at that point in time. And it worked. People that were beaten by the snakes looked up to the serpent and they received their healing. And that was fantastic. It worked for that season. Now, I want to read 2 Kings 18 and show you what happened afterwards. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. It says, he removed the high places. And this is talking about... Um, Talking about Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the king of Israel, all right? He says that he removed <clears throat> the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. So what had happened was that after this experience of, you know, Moses creating a bronzing serpent and these people, you know, looked up to the serpent to receive their healing. What happened was that they, they did not show the bronzing serpent. They still held on to it and ended up worshipping it. And this is what happens when people sustain, when people hold tight to a method that God has, God used in a season and that season has passed that they end up creating an idol out of, that, out of that method. They end up worshiping the method. And for somebody, maybe it's a, 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 a boss in your office that helped you <clears throat> or a family member or a relation. And it, that season has passed, but you're still holding on to that person and you are making an idol out of that person. And what that means is that you are creating your plans around the person's presence in your life. You are not creating your plans based on the direction God is leading you. You are creating your plans and making your plans based on the person's presence in your life. And especially if the person is maybe influential or, or, or solid or anything like that, it is so easy for you to do so because looking at the person, you can see possibilities that, and you just connect the experiences of your life to the possibilities that the person's presence represents. But if you do that, you are going to make an idol out of the out of the instrument God used for a season of your life. All right. And um, this is where we again, like I said, we have to be careful and, you know, be wise about it. So we don't we don't idolize events. We don't idolize people. We don't idolize even our jobs or, or anything that God uses as a tool. Remember that people are instruments and the season for their use may pass and God will still bless you nonetheless. God will still increase you nonetheless. God will still multiply you nonetheless. All you have to do is to follow God and not follow the method that he uses to bless you in that particular season. All right. Okay. So these are some things I, I felt we should note um, in this, you know, as we talk about seasons of our lives. Just to run over it again before you know we take questions and contributions from, from every one of us. Um, let me run over it again. <clears throat> Just the things we, we, we talked about quickly. I, number one, I said that the beauty of everything is in its season. Um, so we should be patient for the season to come and we'll experience the beauty of it. Uh, also, we should be careful not to miss out on a season else will miss out of the beauty of that particular thing uh, or that experience number two i said is seasons come with their attendant grace and with their possibilities so every season god introduces you into comes with a grace for it all right if god is bringing you to a season of publicity he'll give you the grace to manage um manage publicity without it crushing you okay you give it the grace to relate with people and connect with people on a high note without it you know draining you or, or, or crushing you so seasons come with their super with supernatural grace and um possible and possibilities as well uh we also said that seasons do not last forever okay oh and there's something i wanted to say here Ah, there's there's a last point. Okay, let, let me finish this. So seasons don't last forever. Um, so 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 we need to act right. Um, there's a quote I don't know who said it, but I've heard it a couple of times. Says that the lifetime 
sorry, the opportunity of a lifetime lies within the lifetime of that opportunity. Let me take that again. The opportunity of a lifetime lies in the lifetime of that opportunity, meaning the opportunity that will change your life forever is only valuable within the span, within the lifespan of that opportunity, all right? And that's why we need to be prompt to act when the season is upon us. Then we also say that, um, talking about people clinging to the, uh, people clinging to the uh, methods or the manifestations of God in particular seasons and people who do so would miss out of what God is doing in the new season and at the same time would create an idol out of um, the method that God used at a, as a particular season. I know I said that was, that was the last thing, but I just remembered one important thing and I'm going to mention this in like two minutes, all right? <clears throat> and it's the fact that when the enemy wants to attack your season. The Bible says that um, I will restore the years that the canker worm has eaten, the palmer worm and all of that. So the enemy eats time, okay? And I explained last week that when we talk about time, um, we're not just talking about the chronological um, chronological time like we know it, but we're talking more so about the seasons. And when God says I will restore, He's not talking about restoring chronological time in itself. He's talking about restoring seasons. Because like I said, um, yet 2020 has passed. Um, God is not going to rewind the, the clock and take us back to year 2020, no. However, the seasons that you missed in year 2020, he can restore those seasons. And that is what the enemy tries to steal. He tries to steal seasons from us. And two, two main ways he does that is through distractions and through delay. So number one is that he tries to distract you from a season, all right? So you, and, and he distracts you with different things, activities, with, with the cares of life, deceitfulness of riches, different things. He uses any method to distract. But his aim is that because he knows seasons don't last forever, within the expand the lifespan of that season, he wants to distract you so you are not sensitive to know the season you are in and he wants to distract you long enough so that the season would go and you would not have even known that you missed a season at all. And that is one of the strategies of the enemy to rob us of seasons. He tries to distract us. And this is why I said to us some weeks ago that, you know, when we talked about, when we're talking about the peace of God, that I sense in this season that we're in, the enemy is trying to distract people with just the cares of life, you know, the economic events, what's going on in the world, just to distract you and make your heart heavy so that you are not sensitive to what God is doing in this season. But you must decide not to be distracted by the enemy. Okay? So distraction is one of the ways the enemy tries to distract us. And how do we respond to that? We respond by fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ. Number two, where the enemy tries to rob us of our seasons is through delay. Meaning he wants to cause us, he wants to delay us from acting in that season. Or he wants to delay the manifestation of what the season has, has, um, has, has in stock for us. Or he wants to cause us to, you know, procrastinate and delay our action. If God, again, I'm going back to this issue of business. If God is asking you to start a business, for instance, if you don't start the business in the season that God wants you to start the business, you wait for five years later. You may, it, yes, the idea came from God, but the season for the idea has passed. You, it will take a lot of turmoil, a lot of stress, a lot of efforts that you, you could have, you could have, you know, escaped right? It'll take a lot of that to, to get the business off the ground. And just like I said, that every season comes with a grace for it. If you don't act within the season, then the grace that makes it easy for you to act would have, would have um, passed and you would then not be able to accomplish what God has for you. So fight delay with, with everything you, you have. Pray against delay, pray against procrastination, pray against laziness, anything that delays your action or your obedience in that season. Fight it with all your heart so that you don't miss out on what God has in stock for you. So don't forget, two ways the enemy tries to rob us of our seasons is distraction or rather our distraction and delay. Okay, I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope we learned a thing or two. This is a point where we take questions. Um, again, just apologies to those of us on Zoom. 
my video isn't turned on because I'm like, I'm literally in the car. This is the best place I could find internet. Today, internet has been um, interesting. But please, I'd love to hear from us. If you have any question, please do ask your question or maybe a, something that, you know, you want to share based off of what we spoke about. Um, I would love to hear your voices or read your comments um, if you do have <coughs> any. And please, I encourage you to please speak. Um, you know, there's something someone else would probably would learn from what you share or even learn from the question you ask. So please go ahead and ask, <coughs> ask your question. If you are on Mixeller, you can type it out. Um, if you're on Zoom, you can just unmute yourself and speak. I'd love to hear from us. I don't want to be the only one. I don't want to be the only one speaking. Any questions, anyone? Or something that, that, that you know, resonated with you very much from all we've shared today or even all we've shared like in the last past, in the past two or three weeks uh, um, concerning times and seasons, something that you, you know, want to share with us that has blessed your heart and has resonated with you. Please go ahead and share right away. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Victor. This is Diola. Can you hear me? Hi, Diola. Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Yes. Yes. Um. Just I just joined like like how many ago I've been on, but I think what you said has just been what has been on my mind. Like having to walk in the seasons and alignment of God, and just imagine if God wants you to do something now and you decide not to do it, and that time is over. So. For me, I feel like uh, it's a bit scary, but it's also, I, I'm just trying to just be sincere. It's a bit scary, but also in terms of having to depend on God and saying, Lord, do not let me miss my seasons. You know, when you want me to do something, let me be sensitive to your leadings to do what you want me to do for time because God God always funds his project. I was speaking to somebody today and he said that, you know, God will always fund his project. So if, someone, if God wants you to move at that time, you should move irrespective mm -hmm. of how, of, 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 of the limitation you see around you. But it's, it becomes scary again, like, oh my God, if I have not missed things that, you know, God wants us to do or God wants me to do and, just as you said, asking for a recovery of every single thing that we've lost due to carelessness, due to, you know, maybe nonchalancy or not even thinking that that idea makes any sense. So it's a bit of depending on God and also a bit scary at the same time for me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I just wanted to say. Yeah. yeah thank you. And, and you're yeah. correct. Um, it's, it can be a bit scary, uh, but, but what I would say is it should instill holy fear into our hearts um, because as much as God is a loving father and he loves all, his love for us is unconditional, right? Meaning there's, he's not loving us because of something we are doing or something we are not doing. He loves us because he is love. Now, as much as that is a truth, God is also a, a judge, right? And um, he, he's loyal to his kingdom. He's loyal to his will. And what the implication of that is, is... If God wants something to happen based on his will and the person he has assigned to do it is not responding within the time he wants it to be done, he will move on and look for somebody else to do it. And he will still love that initial person, but that person who did not act in obedience on time would miss out of being a, part uh, or a partaker of the ex expression of God's will for that season. You know, I was listening to a message by um, a man of God, you know, um, an older man of God. And he was sharing how that between 1978 and 1988, I believe, that it's in the, within that 10 year period, but the way he said it is that anything could be called into ministry. As long as you just said yes to God, you could be called into ministry. And it was easy for people to get going to ministry at that time and he said, if you look at the fathers of faith today, 
who are at the forefront of you know ministry and what God is doing, you see that check it whether in in the country or outside the country, like globally, you find out that many of them entered into ministry within that ten year period. And this man of God said that he knows his he knows some of his friends who it was evident to every single person that they were called into ministry. But when you talk to them about it, they kept on saying, uh, you know, I would go into ministry later. Let me just try to sort of one or two things out. Let me just try to do business here and then you know, make some money and work here and all of that. And they did not go into ministry at that time. Then they later on, maybe after, after that 10 year period, they, they went into ministry, but it was a struggle and they never really, um, for lack of a better word, they never really got to the fullness of what God wanted for them in that ministry. So just to say, yes, it is it is a caution we should be aware of. Um, but at the same time, it's also um it's something to be to be to be glad about. And why I say so is because the Holy Spirit will not leave you. And this is something I have experienced with God time and again. God is faithful to nudge you in every season. It will take intentional hardness of hearts for you not to know what when God is nudging you in a particular season. That means you are intentionally hardened or like I said, you are distracted. And even in that distraction, the Holy Ghost will use either people, messages or your quiet time to let you know that, oh boy, you are distracted though, align yourself, align yourself, you know. Um, so it's not something you should be really afraid of, but it's, it's something you must be aware, aware of. So thank you very much, Diola. Thank you, Victor. Thank you. Alrighty, anyone who again wants to ask a question or share something that you know bless their hearts? Um, you know, we have more people on Mixella. I mean, we typically have more people, more people on Mixella. Um, so I really look forward to our chats and comments. <clears throat> okay, Idara just said, um, this got me thinking. Don't cling to the methods that God used in a particular season. It's easy for that method to become an idol. We have to be sensitive to what God is doing per season. Amazing. Thank you very much, Idara, for sharing that. Um, don't cling to the method that God used in a particular season. It is easy for that method to become an idol. We have to be sensitive to what God is doing per season. I love that. Thank you very much for sharing, Idara. Okay, anybody else? I could take one more person. I'm tempted to just call someone on Zoom. Um, um, I just, so I don't know if this is a brother or sister. Tesso, please, do you want to say something? Just something you learned so far um, uh, from what we've shared. Tess, if you're there, you could just unmute and let us know one thing you've learned today. Okay, I must say I learned quite a lot, especially the clinging on uh, one method God has used or us, as in it, it's, you might turn it out to be an idol. Because I'm talking about based on special, my own personal experiences. There are certain times that I have, I, I pray to God for a particular thing and out of the blue, a way just comes out, you understand? And honestly, sometimes I I try to repeat that same, like, okay, it, it may be a way to which I want to get something that I can get, I, I didn't get it. And then maybe after praying to God for a particular thing, he opens a way through me, for me, through a particular method, through a particular medium, or he whispers an information to me and I make it. And it, it, it happens. Mm. Funny enough, sometimes, I, I try to repeat the same, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, I'll be like, uh -uh. but it was like, this is the last time. Why can't it work this time around? So I, I it's really inspiring. It's really uh, uh, eye-opening, the messages for today. In fact, I, I really appreciate it. I, I learned a lot. And though I didn't join in time, but I, I learned while I was in it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Tesla, for sharing. God bless you. God bless you so much. Um, and yeah, you're correct. Again, just like Idara said, it's um God uses different methods. Um, and you know, it's we won't take off the pressure from from the people themselves and also the the possibility of disappointment. It just takes it off your heart, um, knowing that God can use anybody 
he decides to use at any time and may not repeat that same method, you know. Um, okay, lastly, <clears throat> um, Onahi Queen on, on Mixlr says, my take home is the night will not last forever. Morning will surely come. Hallelujah. Powerful. The night will not last forever. Morning will surely come. And um, I believe we can end on that note. note. And just say, say to yourself, wherever you are, um, just say to yourself as a prophetic declaration that the night will not last forever. <clears throat> Morning will surely come. And maybe you can send this to someone that you know may need, may need such encouragement. Let them know that the night will not last forever. The morning will surely come. Okay, thank you everyone for joining us today. God bless you. Um, and we God, uh, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that we thank you for your word that you have spoken to our hearts, for teaching us, for helping us understand the way you operate on the earth, for giving us insight. Lord, we pray and we declare that um, we will not miss our seasons. We will not miss our seasons. We will not miss our seasons to distractions or to delay or procrastination. We will not miss our seasons in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask for the grace to be diligent, to obey and take actions in the seasons that you, you bring us into in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray for strength right now to everyone who may be going through a night season. Lord, I ask that you strengthen them for you say joy comes in the morning. Lord, let joy come. Let joy come. Let the morning season come in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. We receive the wisdom to act in every season that we um, find ourselves, that your name will be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.